it to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things well-being, yoga and relationships. And today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Phoebe Leona and Phoebe is a dancer, speaker, author, yoga teacher and transformational guide who helps us feel more embodied through somatic movement and expanded awareness practices to become more empowered in who we are, who we are becoming and having our greater sense of belonging. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Gemma. Thank you. That's all right. So yeah, kind of how did you get into what you do now? Like, what's your story? (laughs) (laughs) Where do we begin? Uh, There are so many layers to the story, but I'll start, you know, that I've always, my story really begins with movement in general. I was a dancer and my mom always jokes that I was dancing before I knew how to walk because she would put me in that jolly jumper, you know, where you're bouncing up and down and I would bounce up and down to the music before, you know, I had my feet on the ground. So I, that was my path was always moving and dancing and bringing joy to others through, through that. And I continued that journey as a professional dancer in New York city for, um, right after college. And while I was on that journey, I was dealing with some injuries, you know, as you would, and they were getting pretty bad. I had a really bad hip injury. Um, I think I was like 25 and they wanted to, I had a torn labrum and they wanted to do surgery. And I, I, I had this experience where I it would like, I looked like, you know, when you see that picture of like the, the, the evolution of man, right. Yeah. From like an ape to a man. And, and that's how I felt whenever I was getting out of my chair, yeah. like, Ugh. and so I said, okay, I need to do something here. That's going to, you know, nurture my body. So I found my way to Pilates and I found my way to yoga as my own physical therapy in a sense, you know? So that was really my journey of going deeper and seeing the holistic experience of movement. So, you know, it's particularly yoga because, you know, there are many doors of yoga. Mine was that physical door of taking care of my body. And I think that's a lot in most of us in the Western culture. Yeah. 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 And so, but then the beautiful thing is once you enter that door, there's so many other doors, right? The, the spiritual practice, the mind body connection, all of it. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, so you know, and your audience (laughs) knows. And so from there, I became a yoga teacher and I went through my 500 hours and I've been a teacher for 17 years now. Um, yeah. And I, uh, have led various teacher training, yoga teacher trainings in 200 and 300 hour. And then, you know, when my father died in 2013, it unpacked a lot of my old childhood stuff that I hadn't fully 
recognize. Like I, I got in, you know, inklings of it as my, I was doing my healing through the practice of yoga over the years, but when he died, it just, and I went through a divorce too, all within a matter of months. So it was like wow. really unpacking so much. And I said, okay, there's something more going on here. So I went on my healing journey and I realized as I was figuring this out for myself, but then studying somatic therapy, you know, the, the therapies of studying the body, right. Um, and the trauma that we hold and how we can release it. I was realizing it's such a gift that I had dance as a child, Yes, you know, I had, I had movement in general, but dance was, was my way of expression. And, you know, these moments where he would go into rage and he would go into a flashback from his tours of Vietnam, I would go into my room, close the door, turn the music on and dance. And I realized like, I, yes, I held some of those stories in my body, but thankfully I released a lot of that, right? The issues are in your tissues. So I was able to give that whatever emotions that I couldn't process expression. And I was thinking, wow, this is powerful. And I would love to share this with people. So that's been the last five years of my journey is shifting and, um, my teaching from not just, well, it's still yoga, but I'm deepening it with my own movement, somatic practice Yeah, to help other people. Wow. So with the grief as well, I suppose that was, was that PTSD for you or just not really, I suppose, although it was for him, but that was your avenue was, was dance just to move out all of that energy and yeah, get rid of all that trauma, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, his PTSD from Vietnam definitely affected me and, and created my own trauma. And, you know, I, I grew up in the eighties and so we didn't even have that terminology when he would go to the VA, um, here in the States, they just said, Oh, you have shell shock, go like, take care of yourself. Right. Or they give him medications and he didn't feel good. And he would self-medicate with other drugs like heroin and and crack. So it was a very tumultuous childhood. And I didn't realize, you know, even just, I think like the past 10, 15 years, we all thought, you know, PTSD was just people who went to, you know, went to war. And so now it's like, oh, everybody (laughs) is somehow traumatized, right? particularly the last almost three years now, right? With the pandemic, we've all dealt with some sort of trauma, even if it's a micro trauma of, you know, not going back to the old life anymore. That's so true. That really is. And do you use like um, fun and play to live more joyfully? Like, would, would you say dance or go and put your favorite music on and dance out the energy? Because yeah, we do that in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, oh, kitchen dancing. Yes. It's one of my favorite things to do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you said the word play because I have this, um, I don't know what you would say. It's just this, you know, little format, I guess, uh, unstructured playtime for joy, as I call it, because what I was witnessing is that so many people in the Western world, there were very, you know, everything is scheduled every, you have to be. And, and then I think during the pandemic, it was all of a sudden our schedules weren't there anymore. Right. And what do we do? And we created the madness, right. We created our own madness by setting up a hundred zoom meetings a day and, you know, having, trying to create our purpose again in some way. And 
what I, I felt like is we need to get back into this idea of play. We need to get back to this unstructured time because we're all on zoom all the time, or we're all just like on our phones all the time. And even though this is an invitation for us to connect more deeply with each other, but we were in isolation, it was yeah. and with ourselves. Right. So I created this little format as you will for play where it's just an acronym play being an acronym. P is simply pause. So making a conscious effort to pause everything you're doing, turn off your distractions, all of your phone, all of your notifications, you know, turn off the computer, even turn off music. If that's, you know, if that's going to distract you, right. If a call comes in or something. So turn off all the distractions, just pause from your schedule. And then L is just simply to listen to listen to what is within you, because how often, well, your audience already does this, (laughs) but to just simply listen to what is here for you right now. What are the emotions that are coming up? Because a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to listen, right? That's why we have the phone. That's why we pick up and, you know, make plans to do something because it's uncomfortable. So to actually sit and say, let's, let me listen to the sensations in my body. Let me listen to my breath. Let me listen to these emotions. Let me listen to these thoughts without judging it, without trying to change it, without labeling it. And this could be a matter of just three breaths, right? It doesn't have to be a long meditation, And then A is activate, activate. How do you want to feel at the end of that time and space that you're setting for yourself? So is it, I need to, I want to feel calmer. I want to feel more relaxed. I want to feel energized. I want to like feel young again, whatever it is, you get to choose how you want to activate it. And then the why is just simply giving it a full body. Yes. And giving yourself permission to do whatever you want as ridiculous as it is, right? (laughs) So being silly, like a kid dancing in the kitchen while you're making dinner, going out for a run, whatever it might be, just really commit to that full body. Yes. So that at the end of that time, that in space that you're offering this, right, you can get closer to what you're activating for yourself. Oh, that's so there really are no cool. rules in play except those four little steps. Yeah, that's great. And we, as as yoga teachers, will listen to our bodies a lot, but yeah. a lot of people don't. And yeah, I, I totally preach that because it drives me mad. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't. know, yeah, and I feel like us as yoga teachers sometimes it gets a little too serious, right? Yeah. it's like okay especially when we're in a posture we're like okay well now I have to you know you're thinking about the alignment and and we we even kind of turn it into this quote-unquote duty yeah right so how can we actually just listen for it whatever it is and give it full permission yeah yeah that's so true actually when when I teach uh, tree pose Mm -hmm. I will look around the room and everyone is really concentrating like their eyes are fixed because obviously that's what you do but they're yeah. they're just so concentrated and then when it when it's time to come out I'll then say and smile and then everyone <laughs> kind of <smiles> over <laughs> but then it makes it fun like everybody's really happy to to just mess around and do that but also it is listening to your body because then you are becoming more aware of your body and then feeling more embodied in your body. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it totally makes sense. And, and as you're speaking, I was thinking, you know, I haven't 
formally done this in a class, but we could even like commit in a class, like to play, right? Like, how do you at the, that, you know, centering, like, how do you want to feel at the end of it? And then if it was to feel playful, like be as silly as you can that day in the practice, right? Or if you want to feel calm, what does that mean to you? How does, how can you approach that practice in a slightly different, from a slightly different perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how would you use simple somatic and expanded awareness practices to be fully embodied? Yeah. Especially Uh, with stress and what we've been through in the last few years as well. Yeah. Oh, there's so many, there's so many ways we could go with this. So I have a book that came out um, this year called Dear Radiant One. And I share in in that book, my it's my memoir. So it shares more of that story that I, I talked about. But then what I do is I share the letter. I what I How I go into the storytelling is I write letters to emotions. So I write letters to the, what we'll call the shadow emotions, like fear and grief and anger. And then I also write letters to the lighter emotions like joy and gratitude and love so that it's a way into that story, but it's also a really beautiful practice. That's more of an expanded awareness practice that you are seeing this emotion from a new perspective. You are giving it because what I realized through my own emotional recovery journey was that these emotions just are energy, right? Mm -hmm. And they just want to be seen and heard and felt. Yeah. And so almost like personifying them in this sense, uh, gives them permission to speak to you too. Right. So they're like, I just, I was scared for your life. Like I was just trying to protect you. Right. Like that's what fear might say back to you. You're like, oh, okay, well, cool. But that's not, you can start to negotiate that relationship. Right. Okay. Yeah. If I'm about to die, yes, you can speak up. However, if I'm just here sitting at home thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow, like, no. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that was one way that really was helpful for me in my own recovery of that. Um, but just simply like play is essentially a somatic practice, right? It's listening to your body, experiencing it again, not from a place of judging it or labeling it or saying I should be doing X, Y, and Z or else I'm not a good yogi, right? Like, but just giving it permission and listening to it. And then what I've really realized is in these sort of somatic practices, when you're observing your body, same thing as the emotions, right? They just want to be, the body just is holding these stories. It just wants to be seen and heard and felt. And so these sensations that we experience that might be like pain, right? Is a story of, let's say it's your shoulder and you've been carrying a heavy load, like a short, like literally maybe a heavy bag, but you've also might be carrying a heavy load of like some sort of burden in your life. And so when we take these moments to just listen and you don't have to know the why you don't have to know the story, but then you, your body's like, oh yeah, see, I was stabbing you in the shoulder for a little while. Cause you were not paying attention. Right. <laughs> and so it starts to shift. Now I'm not going to say overnight necessarily, but it, it'll start to shift. And that relationship, you realize that your body is your life partner. It's literally yeah. your life partner, That's right? Good, um, good analogy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is your, your soul comes in at the, the very first breath into this body until the very last breath. 
And so why not treat it like that? Why not treat it like your best friend? And we don't like, we either are always judging it and telling it, it should be a certain way or shaming it in some way, or we're ignoring it, right? We live from the head up in our head. And we just pretend that this like meat sack is getting us from point A to point B. And we wonder why then like we have these pains and because it just wants to be seen and heard and felt. And it's like, you're not paying attention. <laughs> now we are going to go to a short break. See you the other side. Welcome to Inside Timer, the number one free app for sleep, anxiety, and stress with more than 100,000 guided meditations led by the best teachers from Great Britain and around the world. I am a teacher on this platform and it is amazing for sleep, anxiety, everything really. So come on over and check it out. It's a free app and it has over 20 million meditators on there. I have over 25 meditations for you to choose from, as well as the goddess academy of light course you will learn so much on this course and you have made the right decision to be here and be part of this amazing self-taught academy journey this is a self-taught 14-day course that you can take at your own pace everything if it is getting too much for you you are struggling with your relationships you're struggling with life this is one course that you need in your life you will learn how to meditate and journal so you have a clearer headspace to come at your relationship you will learn how to use eft tapping method for you to feel completely stress-free you will use breath work you will know how to sleep better have self-care and nutrition you will learn yoga techniques movement exercise for you to be able to move through challenging times within your relationship and for you to be able to survive whatever it is that life and your relationship throws at you you will also learn how to communicate with your partner better and there are so many more different techniques and tools for you to have the best relationship with your partner and yourself. So come on over onto the Insight Timer meditation app. It is free to download. Just search it wherever you download your apps from and I will see you there. Definitely not. And well, um, people that normally listen to the podcast, I have spoken about my pelvis before and I have got um, severe hip dysplasia and the, uh, yeah, the, the um, surgeons want to, me to have a double hip replacement and I don't want that. So I'm trying everything in my power not to. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people feel stress as well, like in their pelvis or again in their shoulders or neck. And it's kind of, learning how to deal with that and to get rid of that by movement or yeah yoga or meditation or journaling or anything like that really yeah yeah I I totally agree and I you know something that has been helpful for me is to listen to when I'm talking about sort of pain yes Yes. and start to really say okay I'm feeling just like I, I'm, you know, I'm super flexible. So sometimes like I start to see how my body's carrying that yeah. also through like in my body, but also how it reflects out into my life, right? Like our body is just a microcosm for what's happening in our life. So if I'm too, if I'm spreading myself too thin, if I'm too bendy to yeah. go, you know, the people pleasing kind of thing. I start to actually feel it in my body. I'm like, okay, I need to do some strengthening here in my body. I need to give myself some boundaries here. 
And then I realized that that also shifts the energy in my life too. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if someone is new to yoga or meditation, what would you kind of say do? Would you do like five minutes? Would you do an hour? Would you go to a class or would you stay at home and do it online? What would you, what would you recommend? Honestly, I think it's the person. Yeah. And not to be too nice to yourself, right? Because yes. you want to go to that edge. We have that, that word tapas in Sanskrit, right? Burning away the impurities. And it's going to that edge of like, what feels a bit uncomfortable, so if you know that you're going to turn on a YouTube and end up eating like, you know, <laughs> some, some potato chips while you're watching and be like, I could never do that. Then let's go to class, right? Let's, let's set up some boundaries where you have to physically go to the place. There's a teacher holding you accountable, but you might be really disciplined. Yeah. You know that you can dedicate doing five minutes every day by yourself or watching the same YouTube thing every day. Um, so I think it really depends on the person and, and knowing what their strengths are and also calling themselves out on like what their weaknesses are in terms of creating a structure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if you're kind of more of a commuter, well, a lot of people are still working from home, but yeah. if you are more of a commuter or in your your job that's stressful how can you kind of bring these tools into not feeling overwhelmed because mm -hmm. so many of us are at the moment aren't we <laughs> with everything I do a lot of work in the corporate setting and I do just that like we have a chair yoga class in oh, one of the corporations that I work with and you know it's simply we're sitting in a chair putting our arms out to the sides and it's amazing I haven't been with them physically for a long time but I remember when I would be in the room with them and people would put their arms out like they had never done this ever before and they're like what <laughs> uh, that was kind of cool but you know even in those short sessions we would just simply close the eyes and breathe you know take three deep breaths and again it, it's is the awareness is the transformation. So it's first, if you're sitting at your computer for long periods of time and you are just like in autopilot, now I'm guilty of this too. When I'm in a project, I'm like locked in. And I know some people even like have the Apple phone, right? And they tell like my grandmother now, she's like, she'll just stand up out of nowhere. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, my phone told me to do it. I'm like, okay. So some people might need that, right? Like the reminder. Um, you might want to, if you don't have the Apple phone, like set your phone every 30 minutes or hour, whatever it is, and say, go take a walk, mm -hmm. right? Go get a glass of water, um, do a little stretch. Like you just, it's really about weaving it through your life. So it's part of your life, right? Yeah. We are yoga teachers. We're teaching it in this isolating setting in a studio yeah. on a mat, but we're really ultimately trying to weave it into our life so that it is our life, right? Yeah. That becomes the normal. If I yeah. don't stretch, if I don't consciously breathe, then yeah. I'm going to feel off. Right. Yeah. And we, that's, yeah. that's the most helpful thing I could say to somebody who's, you know, feeling that at work. Yeah. And actually, I think a lot of 
people I don't know if you have children or not but my children especially they come home and they'll be like oh like Hugo yesterday oh I had a really stressful day okay right what was stressful about it and then something happened in the playground so for him that was stressful and then I said right okay we'll do some yoga breathing exercises and actually we did it this morning he wanted to know this morning he was like no I don't want to do that yesterday but then at breakfast he came and he was like can we do that breathing exercise now I was like yeah yeah that's fine but I think it needs to be taught in children as well oh there's a cat hi cat (laughs) (laughs) wants to make an appearance on our podcast yes (laughs) oh he's really sweet but I think a lot of the time we have to unlearn things and you've probably seen that with your clients as well that we we as a society are taught to do this this and this but actually we need to come back to our own bodies absolutely I love yeah I love the word like unlearning as you said Um, I also feel like it's an unlearning, but also a remembering because we, we intuitively did these things as children. And I love that your children, you're teaching your children, but like, they also were doing it probably intuitively, but then they started to go to school and becoming more conditioned, right. To sit still. And, and so you're just keeping that going for them, right. You're reminding them like, Hey, stay in touch with your body, continue to breathe, be playful, let your body move around and express your emotions. And so it's beautiful that you're, you know, basically helping them not forget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And, and helping that whole learn, like what you said, learning or slash conditioning, um, it is. I, I think that's really powerful, especially today, because we're seeing it already. Like we're yeah. seeing kids like feel like they're born with a phone in their hands. Yeah. 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 And they're just so oh. disconnected to their, their bodies. And, yeah. and we're wondering why there's so much anxiety and there's so much depression and there's so, there's so much, so much pressure, especially when they start to yeah. get on social media. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, going back to like the corporate, a lot yeah. of people that like I'm actually sitting down and I'm forwards and I shouldn't be forwards, but like we just don't sit correctly. We obviously shouldn't sit at a 90 degree angle and we should have like more standing desks or even like you said earlier, get up and go for a walk around the house or, or around the office, wherever you are. But most of the time we are not using our diaphragm. We're not using our abdominal muscles lungs and and all this is free it's here ready for you waiting but we're just not using it correctly (laughs) oh my gosh I know somebody was just telling me I think it was yesterday that there's like a machine that teaches you how to breathe and I was like just breathe in for four counts and exhale for four counts like Like if you, if you're really not that in touch with your breath, like then let's bring a little awareness to it and, you know, a little bit of, you know, pranayam. Um, but yeah, to have a machine teach you how to breathe. I was like, that's sad and scary. Yeah. 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 That really is. That's just, that's just awful. (laughs) Yeah. And would you say do, um, maybe like five minutes of yoga in the morning and evening just before you go to bed or when you wake up or when you're stressed or when's kind of good again, I suppose it depends on the person. Yeah, it really does. I mean, 
for me personally, I love my morning, what I call my morning rituals. And it might be a physical yoga practice. It might be meditation. It might be both. It might be dancing. I give myself that unstructured playtime for joy in the morning, but at night, then I do a little bit of winding down and it doesn't have to be long. It's just part of like the brushing the teeth, the washing the face, you know, doing a little bit of stretching and breathing before I go into bed. Um, so again, I think it really is the individual of like, what is, we want to make it as easy as possible, right? Yeah. I, I see so many people try to set these goals that are already setting them out, themselves yeah. up for like self-sabotage and for yeah. failure. And then they're just going to sit there and say, I should have done this and this. So it's like, what is the easiest thing that you can do for yourself? Is it literally five minutes in the morning and that's it? Okay, cool. Because when we set that norm, then our body's going to start to crave it. It's like, Ooh, what if I do 10 minutes, yes. right? It's yeah. going to intuitively happen. The more you give it the time and space, but make it easy. Yeah. It's just going to intuit. Like then it's like, Ooh, well, what if we do this in the midday too, after lunch or before <laughs> lunch, right? Like it, it, it will want to go back to that, that space of um, homeostasis. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do you bring nutrition into it at all? Because I know like if I eat um, a sugary cake or donut or something an mm. hour later, I feel really tired and sluggish. So I try not to eat that, those kind of foods anymore. But mm. a lot of people don't really use intuitive guidance to eat, I don't mm. think. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I don't formally teach nutrition, but what I found for, for myself, when I was doing my 200 hour teacher training, you know how it is. It's like super intense. Yeah. And I remember I was like in month two, it was like a four month format. And I remember it was in month two and it was my birthday. Now I wasn't a big drinker, but like, you know, my friends wanted to go out on my birthday yeah. and celebrate. And I probably had maybe two glasses of wine, maybe. And I was so sick for like literally a week. <laughs> I mean, at first I was like, oh my God, this is the worst hangover ever. But I was sick for a week and I realized it was because my body was detoxifying in that intense experience yeah. of the teacher training that like, it was like, no more. Yeah. I don't want this toxic stuff in my body. And so I noticed as I was practicing more in the physical practice and meditation and breath work that my body actually didn't want the sugar. My body didn't yes. want the alcohol. And so it was just intuitively resetting to that place. Um, yeah, but I would say if somebody doesn't feel like that's naturally happening for them, you know, the sister science of yoga is Ayurveda, which is really beautiful, you know, yeah. beautiful partnership to look at the energies that you are primarily made of and to honor that and, and eat with that and, and move also, right? There's all these different prescriptions of how to breathe, different pranayama, um, different ways to meditate. So it's a, and it's a very holistic way of um, approaching new life. Yes. Yeah, it is definitely. And two things to sum up today's conversation. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we talked about so many beautiful things. Yeah. Well, we do. I mean, I love the conversation around play because I think that ties into what you just asked about, you know, how do people go about doing this? And, and that's what I would say is, if you, if you're curious, if you're new to yoga, 
to make it, like I said, as easy as possible without expectation. So having the five minutes of play, pause again, what you're, what you're doing, listen to what your body is, activate how you want to feel. And if it is doing a couple of down dogs and planks or warrior, like just keep it really simple. So that when you leave, it's like, ah, I remember that warrior pose makes me feel so strong. And I have this meeting today and I'm, I need some confidence, like go hold warrior for like 10 breaths yes. and see how you feel. Right. So that's a, a huge takeaway that I'd have is really seeing how play can affect your life. Right. And make it as easy as you can so that you can just want it. Your body craves it. Um, the other takeaway, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we talked about so much, but it kind of all had that same theme is just honoring what, what is there, like that listen, what honoring what that is there without judging it, without labeling it, specifically your emotions or the sensations in your body, not shaming your body, not shaming the emotions, but really truly listening because the awareness is the transformation. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And yeah. where can we find you? What's your website or your social media channels? Yeah. So uh, definitely can find me at my website. It's my name, phoebeleona.com. And I have a company called the nomadcollective.org. And that is where we organize yoga retreats and teacher trainings and lots of beautiful things there. And I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Again, it's my name, Phoebe Leona and Instagram is phoebeleona.love. Ah, oh, cool. Oh, thank you so much. It's been amazing thank to you. talk to you. Thank you. It's been so amazing to talk to you too, Gemma. Thank you. Oh, so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I will see you very soon.